Welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, myself and Dave talk through things to consider and do at the early stages of starting a new study unit. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register for them. We've put a link in the show notes. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum podcast. I'm Ben Bullman, and I'm joined again this evening by my good friend and colleague, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. Um, how are you this week? We've had quite a lot going on in the world this week. So how have, how have you kind of got on with things? We have. We'll, we'll talk about that first. Obviously, if you're listening back to the podcast, you might be listening to this in three months' time, six months' time, 12 months' time, 10 years' time. Who knows? But we're recording this in the week that we've had the announcement, the Queen, Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II has sadly died. We've now got a king and we are watching lots of images on the news feeds of the, the, the pageantry, the um, stuff that's going on across the country, across the Commonwealth, actually. How are you reflecting on it, Dave? Um, it, it's... I, I've, I've just felt the last few, the, the, definitely over this weekend, things just felt really, really surreal. Almost like the, the you know, things that you normally expect to happen were, were not really happening. And um, yeah, in, in a really strange place because it's something that there aren't very many people alive that can remember the last time that this happened. And so we're almost all going through things for the first time. Uh, and I think if you went back to my, say, my great grandparents' generation, they saw this kind of three, four, five times in their lifetime. So it's it's, it's something that, yeah, it's, it's yeah, very, very strange. So I think that for those that those big occasions, those big kind of like royal kind of occasions where the nation stands still, all we've seen in my lifetime has been royal weddings. And this is the first time we've seen anything like this. So it's, it's quite quite an adjustment to see how, you know, our, our, our state actually you know, adjusts to, you know, something very, very different in terms of, you know, the nation coming together for those kind of for, for this kind of uh, of events so yeah just just a bit bit surreal i don't know about how about you in the ben in the in the bullman family yeah similar um life is still going on so st- still been working girls are still at school obviously we've got the funeral on monday where the schools are closed and i know lots of fi centers have made the decision to modify course structures so look out for that if you're listening to this um this week um the girls went to Sandringham. We actually don't live too far away from the, the Queen's residence at Sandringham. So the girls did go on, on Sunday with Ellie, my wife, and laid some flowers and said there was lots of people there, lots of flowers being laid. Um, it is quite um, something to watch on the television, isn't it? What, whatever you believe of the, the, the monarchy, it is um, something that is of historic national significance. So I've been watching it actually quite interested in what's been going on on the television and how things will, will proceed for the rest of this week. Absolutely. But the thing that we, you know, as, as kind of we, you know, a lot of people have been saying, and you mentioned that, you know, life does go on. And it, it's, it's a strange thing about going home every evening and, and the, 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 the all you see on the news is, the, you know, there is one story. But then I'm also in my day job just seeing lots and lots of people at the very beginning of their careers and it's it's quite a strange kind of juxtaposition between those two things that I'm in the office welcoming new students into the into into the office, seeing them, you know, taking their first steps into a career in finance. Then it's quite odd at the end of the day to bookend it with with something that's totally very very different. So, have you had the similar experience? Have you been welcoming students into into your centre in Cambridge, Ben? 
have been. I've done a few site visits to go and meet some groups of students who are just starting in their, their job roles. We've started back some, some new start courses. We've had our first couple of inductions for new students. We've got another couple happening next week. And it's lovely to see them. I love meeting new students. I love hearing about where they've come from, why they have picked accountancy as their start point career. Fantastic. And I've also started a new course with some finalist students this week. So I started teaching the advanced stage case study for ICAW students last week. And actually, I went through a process that I do near enough at the start of every single course. And that's where I thought tonight's subject would come from our support tips advice for any of you listening any of you live tonight who are about to start a new course or have just started what would we recommend that you guys think about do and consider and I went through the process with with these guys bearing in mind some of the class had done AAT all the way through they'd done all of the ICAW exams all the way through on their final exam and I still took time out at the start of the course for 15-20 minutes just to go through some basic things just to outline what I expect over the, the coming weeks and month before their exam. Excellent stuff. It, very, very similar with me. And it's it's my my absolute favorite time of year is when we get when we get new people coming into, into centre. I'm very much looking forward over the next month or so to be welcoming more and more people in. But I, I really like that idea of you know, I think you decided to call the title of tonight on the starting line and getting ready and it, and I, I think there are so many things that um that it's just worth being aware of kind of before you start that big jump into your first course or you know if you are a few days in or a few weeks in there are a few things that i really think are worth considering i know ben you've been sharing your thoughts with some of the team um up in cambridge um and they've had some things to say yeah i have i asked we use um teams and so we've got a tutor team that we just ask you know, the questions. So I popped that on there at the start of this week and got some really good responses from the tutor based in Cambridge. I've also come up with my own list. A lot of mine are quite practical. Interestingly, we, we had a quick two, three minute catch up before we came on air tonight, Dave. And, and a lot of the points you'd come up with were more psychological. And actually, I think there are elements that we can cover tonight that maybe you, you don't automatically think of. So I'm sure there's going to be something. I know a lot of you will have gone through a nice process yourself, but hopefully there will be at least one thing tonight that you think, do you know what, that's a really good idea. And before I commit too much further to this course, I'm just going to backtrack and make sure that's covered off. Shall we start there with a bit of the psychology, Dave? I thought it was really interesting what you said to me at the start of the call. Um, just maybe explain to the, 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 the listeners tonight what you think the mindset going into a new study unit should be. Well, I, I look at it from the point of view of going into your qualification as a whole. So let's say you're doing the AAT qualification and you, you're about to start at level two and you're planning to go all the way through to level four. Or it could be you're doing ACCA and you're planning to start at the beginning and get all the way through to the end or ICW, whichever qualification it is. You're looking at a long chunk of time to get that qualification done. You're looking at, you know, kind of, let's say around three years for one of those qualifications. At some point over that three-year period, and it might be on day one of the first day of the course, it might be, you know, when you're in your finals, something is going to be really, really tough and something's going to be really hard. And at some point, you're going to question why are you doing it? So what I would 
try and do before you start is just to think about why is it that you are doing what you're doing? Why is it that you're entering into this journey? What, what are the reasons behind it? And it's something that I, I kind of did when I was studying is that I, I, I was doing the ACCA qualification. So I, I sat there and said, well, I want to get the qualification. Why do I want that qualification? And I wanted it before career reasons. That I, I wanted to get the, you know, I wanted to have the options when I qualified to be able to do different things. I, I wanted to have that nice certificate so I could say, look, I've, I've achieved something. You know, and I almost had a vision of me with a certificate saying, look, I've achieved it. I've got my qualification. And they were the things that I really held on to. And then when things do get difficult and you're struggling in your studies and things don't quite click, okay, being able to focus on that and say, well, this is what I'm aiming for. And yeah, this is tough today, but it's not always going to be really, really tough. It really helps you get through those difficult times. It's very easy if you don't know why you're doing something to say, oh, it's got difficult, so I'm going to stop. So one of the first things that I think, and this is you know, even before you pick up any books, before you work into a classroom, is just kind of get the idea of why you're decided to study for the particular qualification that you're going for. So that's something that yeah, say, I, I like people to do and really have that. If you can write it down, brilliant. If you're an artist and you want to draw a picture, you can. But it's just something you want to hold in your mind and just be able to focus on when things get difficult. It will really, really help. Did you ever do that, Ben? Um, no, no, not as obviously as that. I think I've always known why I wanted to get the qualification, but I, I don't think I ever wrote it down or made yeah. it tangible as somewhere I could keep going back to. I've heard students who have done this I've heard students that have wrote themselves a little note or a little letter and put it somewhere that they know where it is. And on those days where you're thinking, oh, I can't really face another half an hour of study or I don't really want to get my books out. You can go to that and just remind yourself almost like um, you're talking to yourself, just mm. reminding why we are doing things. I think that's a really good idea, getting the mindset right and getting the focus as to the value of the qualifications that we teach for. The qualifications unlock further qualification routes. They unlock career progression opportunities. They are thoroughly worthwhile. And I've said it to the students I've met this week. I say it to every student that I meet who is new to us. The exams are hard. The qualification is worth a lot to you personally. And nothing in my life that I value has come easy. And the qualification being that the kind of main example of that that you guys all know as well the exams are tough they take up time they mean you make sacrifices and it's worth it in the end but you need the reminding of that whilst you're on the journey excellent stuff so and what, what did you have in terms of you know from from some of your team what did you know so i guess we've got this idea that we are you know we visualized what it is that we want to do um, someone's they booked to do a course with us or, or maybe they haven't booked to do a course they've they, you know, bought a book and they're about to open that book but is there anything that you think that people should do you know, in that period before they've actually opened a book or done anything um, a good tip I have from one of our good friends and colleagues Tim and something I certainly did with the case study class that I started last week was go right to the end I actually brought up a slide of a timeline, but the first date I put on there was when the results are released for the exam they were planning to sit. 
Um, a lot of people would say start with the exam day. I went one beyond that and told them you will get your results for this exam on this day. Think about how you want to feel on that day. Hopefully it's going to be really, really good news. And for these guys, it was their final exam on that day. They are maybe never going to sit another exam for the rest of their lives. What a feeling that is. So we started from that date and then I rolled it back and said, right, to get your results on that date, the exam sitting is held on this date. So setting the exam date. Now, we've already talked about session exams before we came on air this, uh, th th this evening um, with regards to the fixed nature of those exams being sat at routine points around the year. I know a number of listeners, though, are sitting on demand exams where you are in more control yourself as to when you sit the exam. But I would still want you to have an idea of the week, ideally the day that you are planning to sit it. Don't have to book it at this stage, although I know some students that go and book the exam right at the very start. If you're not going to book it there and then, set the date that you want to sit the exam or the date that it's being held. And the next date to work back to is the deadline for getting it booked. A lot of the exams have got hard deadlines for booking. For anyone doing the on-demand, I say you've got to allow at least three to four weeks prior to sitting the exam to book it, to allow for capacity in the centre to be taken into account, the availability of exam slots. So a timeline of the exams is what I would talk about and visualising that end point, that end goal for this module. I really like that. I think it's really important to have those, those milestones and it, it I think you're absolutely right. Knowing when your exam is, knowing when that deadline is, that, that was always really important for me because I, I work very well to a deadline. If there's no deadline, things tend to drift with me. So if I was doing those on-demand exams, I would want an exam yeah, that, that's set in stone where I've booked it and I know when I'm doing it and I'm planning everything up to that. So something that I was kind of almost add that because it was really my next point on the list was um, put together a study plan. Uh, and you know, I, I look at the study plan in terms of you, you should have, and this goes back to what we're teaching accountancy, isn't it, Ben? When we talk about strategy, we talk about having a, a long-term strategy for, for, say, a business where we look at kind of three-year plans. Have your three-year plan of I'm going to do this exam in, in over this four-month period, this exam in this year, or another exam in another year, and, and map things out on that kind of that macro scale, and then really hone in on the exam that you're doing at the moment. So I'm about to start studying. It's you know, September 2022. I'm planning to do the exam in December 2022. Now, how am I going to break down the weeks that I've got? How am I going to break down the individual days between now and between that exam to make sure I'm making the most of my time and make sure that I'm doing the right kind of thing? So having that plan. Now, if you are in one of our classes um, or, or you're doing an online class and you're doing something live, a lot of that's done for you because we tell you, come into college on this day, come into college on another day, come into college on another day, and, and you fill in the gaps around that. But if not, it is just worth making time just to get that, that plan in place between today and between you actually taking the exam to make sure you're doing the right things at the right time. Really good point and, and fully appreciating that the people listening to this, the students study at different times in different ways. So in the classroom, that's exactly what I did with my group. I then worked back and said, look, we've got days running here, here, here and here. This is roughly what we're going to be doing. 
towards the end of those days, we were doing exam question practice, we were doing mocks. At the early stages, we were doing more of the, the technical learning and development on the programme. Now, if you're on one of the live sessions, the live online classes, the classroom stuff, that's taken care of with your tutor who will have a teaching plan and a structure. If you are self-studying, you need to put that together for yourselves. You need to work out how much time you have got a week. When that time is going to be, do you study in the evenings? Do you study in the mornings? Do you study at the weekends? Be realistic. Be true to yourself. It's very easy in those early stages to set really unachievable and unrealistic targets for the amount of time you can study. You've got to be honest with yourself and put in a plan that you can genuinely sustain and commit to. So working out that, I think, will go a long way to making sure that you do stay on track with your program. We've talked about that on plenty of other episodes of the podcast. So go back. We've got episodes recorded on setting study plans and how you can keep up the motivation to stick to them. So okay. a really good point, Dave, thinking about the, the, the dates and the time of the study that you're structuring. Something I just want to mention, because uh, we, we, as I say, we've talked about planning before, and that my, my, my planning rule is that you, you plan for your study in three phases. So you, when you look at the timetable that you've got, you look at the time you've got in front of you, you plan, first of all, for things that you have to do. You, know, you have to work, you have to spend time with your family, you, know, you have to eat, you have to sleep, all that stuff you have to do, make sure you do it. Then the next thing you plan for is things that you love. Okay, so things that you love doing, plan those next, because if you're not doing the things that you love, life is not worth living and you will give up any study plan that doesn't allow you to do things that you love. So do the things that you love. And then when you've done that, then look at when you can put your study in there. So things you need to do, things you love, then study. Something that was that was remarkable to me, because I bang on about that all the time. It's kind of like, what do you need to do? What do you love doing? And then look at what's left. I actually watched a documentary this weekend on Netflix about um, people managing their finances. And the person that was talking to me about managing their finance said that this is how you manage your finance. First of all, budget for the things you need, then budget for the things you love, and then look what's left. Okay, and it just worked in exactly the same way when you're dealing with um, when you're dealing with money as as when you're dealing with time. So I, I, I was yeah quite astounded to see that that someone else had done almost exactly the same thing in terms of budgeting for something a little bit different. The other thing that I would plan into your well is time to reward reward plan something special you know as you're going through your studies that so might be that uh, i plan to finish all of my learning for uh, for this subject in a six-week period and then i know i'm going to go on and do some exam prep and some revision but on that six-week period i'm going to go out to a restaurant and i'm going to take my my husband my wife my boyfriend my girlfriends out for a meal and we're just going to have an enjoyable night out to celebrate the fact that i've got to that place make sure you celebrate when you sat your exam and maybe not on the night of your exam, because usually after an exam, you're exhausted. But that weekend, okay, let's go out. Let's do something. Let's see the family. Let's do something a little bit special to celebrate the fact you've, you've taken the exam. Because, you know, studying is hard. Celebrate the fact you've done it. Sitting an exam is difficult. Celebrate the fact you've done it. And when you, when you get your results, okay, when you're successful in your results, celebrate that success. Okay, and make sure you fit fit that into your study plan somewhere. So I'm a huge fan of planning. One thing that really frustrates 
me is when people make unrealistic plans and say, oh, I'm going to do four hours study every day. I'm going to study every Saturday, every Sunday. And they go at it for a week. And then two weeks later, you speak to them. say, how's the plan going? He goes, oh, I haven't done any studying for a week. It's like, why not? It goes, well, it all got a bit much. So I decided to go out on a Friday night and I just haven't studied since because I enjoyed that so much. So you've, you've got to make sure you put the things that you love in it and, and give yourself time to enjoy life as well as doing your study. Fantastic point. That The next one, and a, a few tutors came at this with slightly different angles, but a similar theme. Obviously, a new exam module, a new syllabus is very daunting. Lots of information, lots of new content, and can actually be quite worrying how am I going to cover all of this stuff what's in the unit a few practical things you can do up front one think about does it relate to any other units that you've already studied or in your broader program what we call when we're scheduling the classroom courses sequencing and I know we had a number of people join us live tonight who are literally just starting out at level two so it's unlikely you guys will have done much previously that will be overlap knowledge. But you will see guys that then step up to level three or level four, guys who are doing the chartered qualifications. There's quite often knowledge that is assumed or recapped from something you've previously done in your studies. Now, an awareness of that in advance before you actually start introducing the new stuff is really good and something I usually encourage students to do. And if you need access to those materials, contact us, your FI tutor, I'm pretty sure we'll give you free access to previous units that you've already done or maybe you've been exempted from because a number of students claim exemptions these days from prior learning. But have a look at your previous units for the qualification you're studying, because chances are there's going to be one or two of them that have got a level of overlap or assumed knowledge. The other element that's similar to that is workplace experience. Now, I know not all of our students are working but a number of them are. Those that are maybe aren't working in broad finance roles, but you'll be surprised if you go and speak to someone in your team, in your department at work and say, oh, I'm just about to start studying the budgeting unit or the auditing unit. What sort of experiences have we got as an organization for that? I had this conversation with students this week. We mentioned they were going to be doing some tax units and the that the person we were with on behalf of the employer said, oh, you need to go down the corridor when we finish the call and go and speak to so-and-so because they work in our tax team. I'm sure they will give you some insight and think about things that you maybe can see at work that will hopefully make the studying come to life a bit more than just the, 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 the textbook way of doing things. Dave, anything else you can think of in that kind of overlapping with other areas to the syllabus you're about to undertake? Yeah, I, I've... I've actually written down almost exactly that as one of my points is make sure you or, or try to apply to something that you, that you already understand so whether that is absolutely right prior studies and um, or as you say something you do in the workplace or you know the way and, and everyone learns differently the way I, I always learn is by, by trying to visualize how things actually work and can I apply what I've learned to something else that I do so when I think about costing and, you know, coming up with how much does it cost to make something. And those of you that have done absorption costing will know there's loads of horrid calculations. But when I think about it, I, I think about making a cake. And I, I think about, right, well, how much flour do I need? How much sugar do I need? How much eggs do I need? How much, you know, 
chocolate do I need to put in the cake or whatever? And then how would I work out that, how much that cost? And it ends up being, well, I'd use you know, 300 grams of flour and I know how much a kilo of flour costs because I've, I've got one of those in my cupboards and I know what it costs from Tesco. And suddenly that idea of coming up with a cost card becomes a lot more straightforward because it applies to something that I already, already know about. I, I remember, you know, and, and I'm, I'm almost a little bit jealous of people going into classes over the next month or so and hearing about kind of double entry accounting for the first time. Because I remember that, you know, when, when I first heard it, first of all, it blew my mind to start with. And instead, it was this whole new language that I could suddenly speak that I couldn't speak before. And you know, I, I remember people talking about, well, the reason that, that we have double entry accounting is because every transaction in a business has got two impacts. And they started saying that if someone comes into a shop and buys something, you've got to record them bringing the money in. But you've also got to record them taking the stuff out because you've sold it. And the more you think about the fact that you know, there are you know, every transaction has two effects. And that was really vivid to me. A person coming in, giving you money and taking something away. And you've got to record both elements of that really stuck with me. And now it applies every time I think about a transaction is what are the two things that are going on? Now, usually one of them is someone bringing money or taking money away. What's the other side of it? What else are you trying to record? So can you apply it to something else you already know? And that, that, that initial bookkeeping course that I did, I relied on that in every future financial accounting paper I ever did in my life. And it's something that I could always rely on to help me out of trouble. Even when I did the horrible group accounts with foreign subsidiaries and all of the crazy stuff, my ability to say, well, you know, someone's come in the shop what are the two transactions that really helped me out? So I absolutely agree. Relating it to something you've already done or you can see or you already do really helps to understand. Brilliant. Next one from me, a real practical one, but something I would certainly do is try and get maybe in the front of your folder a list of useful information. I would start with the contact details of your tutor. You might need to contact them out of hours. How do you get hold of them? Do you email them? Have you got access to a phone number to call them? Ask your tutor. If they're not available, is there somebody else that's going to be covering? Who are they? Um, if in doubt, Ben and Dave, put our email addresses in the front of your folder. We are usually around. And if we can't help, we can certainly direct you to people that can. I would put in the contact details for your professional body. What happens if you need to contact ACCA to change an exam book in an emergency or your AAT exam centre, for example? I would make a note of your student registration number there so you know where it is and it's something you haven't got to worry about. With that in mind, a lot of you who are just starting out on the qualifications, you will need to make sure that you're actually registered with the awarding body. Have you registered with the AAT for the right level for the right qualification? Are you registered with the ACCA or ICAW or SEMA? You will have a student registration number and that will uncertainly, undoubtedly need to be quoted on all future bookings and references. So make sure you know where that is. If you don't want to write it down and you're more digitally organised than me, save it somewhere in a, in a note on your phone or on your laptop. But make sure you know where that information is because you might need to access it in a hurry or out of hours. Yeah, it's something that I, I always, 
I always ask students to do on day one is to write down my email address. And I, I think it's because I'm quite old fashioned that I like people to write it down. So it's on the front of their, their folder because I, I know that they've all been emailed me by me before the course has started. They've all got my email address sitting in their inbox somewhere. So they could all do it. But for me, one of the things that I always try and kind of get students to, to, to think about is that, you know, we are here to, I say this is we're, we're here to outsource your stress to you outsource your stress to us. So when you practice 20 questions and there's three questions you really can't do and you cannot work out why you went wrong or why you didn't get the right answer or what's going on in that question, rather than spending 90 minutes stressing over it, worrying about it, trying to read through stuff, looking at videos online, I, I just tell students, get your phone out, take a photo of the question you're struggling with, take a photo of your working, email it to me, and then forget about that question and move on to something else. Now, I might not get back to you until the following morning, okay? But the following morning, you'll have a response that says, well, this is another way to look at it. This is, this is how I would attack it. Or this is what I can see what you've done and there's just one step that's missing. Okay, so rather than you stressing and worrying about it, outsource your stress to someone else. Okay, let Ben stress about it. And Ben probably won't stress about it because Ben's really clever. Okay, so Ben understands loads of stuff. And Ben will then come back to you and say, this is how you attack it. And then you've solved that problem. And instead of wasting 90 minutes trying to work something out yourself, you spend that 90 minutes either doing something more productive in terms of focusing on other areas where you can improve, or you've, you've actually given that time over to the thing you planned to, and you did that thing that you loved doing instead of worrying about that individual. So I, I agree get your tutors email down there and that's what your tutors should be doing they should be there to help you in those situations so i refer to it as outsourcing your stress they just you know anything that's really really hard someone else can help you with that focus on the things that you can do and make the most of the time you have got so yeah i, I like that ben really really good idea is there anything else on your list dave i've got another couple but i'm, I'm conscious i've contributed a few i don't want to steal your thunder if you've got something you want to I, i've got one more thing that i wanted to talk about so should, shall i go now go for it okay um work out who is your support team who is your support network so we all should have a support network because studying gets really really hard and we're going to need someone to help us at some point. I don't think anyone can get through three years of study without some kind of support. So first of all, you know, if you're one of our team, okay, then you're going to have us to support you. So, you know, Ben can be your support network for audit and things like that. I can help support you if you're, if you're doing management accounting with me. Um, other people I would look for in terms of that support is, do you know anyone else that's going through the same thing as you? So who else is studying for the same qualification as you that you might know? Okay. Is there someone at work that's studying? Is there a friend that's studying? Okay. That, that's likely to help you. Okay. If not, it doesn't matter. There are other places that you can get that support. So I, I would say Ben and I are going to be here for as many Wednesday nights okay, as people are willing to turn up. And even then, if no one turns up, we'll probably just turn up and chat to each other. So you know, every Wednesday, we're gonna be here. And if you can't be here live to ask questions and to kind of hear what other people are saying, then there is the podcast that's recorded and you can be listening to the podcast and you can email us questions and we can talk about stuff there. So there, there, are, you know, there are things like that that we can do. Um, 
there are the, 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 the kind of the websites where, where we can discuss our studies. Okay, and whether it's on a social media website, whether it's run by the institutes, there are methods for you to be able to just reach out to people. You know, if it's asking a question, you know, the, the number of emails or things I've seen on study forms that start off with, I might be going crazy, but. Okay, and it's normally that you know, I, I'm something, I'm not understanding something, and I really just want a bit of clarification. So, where are those support networks that you can go to? And, um, you know, that you, you've got YouTube channels. Okay, that where you can look at videos, you can go to our YouTube channel and look at videos. And that, again, might be something you can reach out to to support. So you don't need to spend, you know, lots and lots of money on really expensive courses. There's lots of resources that are out there. Uh, and I, I would just look at who are your support network. And closer to your exam, I, I'd be looking at, you know, who, who are the people that are close to you that maybe can help you on that period going up to your exam? So, you know, I know people that... Um, that decide they're actually going to go back and stay with their parents for a couple of days just before their exams because you know most of the time they can't bear to be back at home and living with mum and dad but for two or three days before the exam it's really really nice to have your dad cook dinner for you so you don't have to and you can relax and study and get on with your exams so just think about you know who can I rely on to help support me through you know, my studies? You're not going to need them all the time, but when you do, it's useful to know who they are. And they may be people you've never met. Okay? There could be Ben or I, and it could just be by being here on a Wednesday and being able to ask questions. That helps you when you've got issues. Uh, it could be reaching out to your tutor. It could be your boss. It could be people that work with you. But who are those people that can help to support you through your study? Because it is quite lonely. I know when you're studying for an exam, and it's nine o'clock at night and you're struggling through a question and you just think, I wish someone understood. And that day after day after day does get quite, quite lonely and quite isolating. So just having that one person that you can talk to or you know, that forum you can log into or um, the comments that you can leave and ask questions really does help you get through. So you know, who is your support network uh, and who can you reach out for help? And there's always going to be people that will be prepared to help. And you know, Ben and I are two of those people that you know, we're always happy to help people you know, if they're struggling with their studies. So that was my last point, Ben. I know you've got two more from Team Cambridge. So what have we got to kind of bring the house down tonight? Um, yeah, two more. Sorry if you just heard some music. I clicked on our YouTube page just to share the link with people. And it starts up with a jazzy theme song. So apologies if that came through on the audio. I would thoroughly recommend you go and check out the YouTube stuff we've got. I am blown away by the amount of content that gets uploaded there, not just by myself and Dave, but by the whole team at FI. There are units on there. There are videos on there for near enough every subject, not just AAT. There's also stuff on there for ICAW, ACCA and SEMA students. So go and make it a priority to check out, particularly for the unit that you're about to study, what other resources are available. Yeah, two more from me, if I can. Um, they're kind of semi-linked, I suppose. The first one is an awareness of the equipment the software that you might need to tackle this unit. Not all calculators are the same. We've got incredibly lazy with calculators by using our smartphones or our laptops. You are not allowed to take your iPhone, other mo mobile phones are available, into the exam with you. You will have to use the approved calculator for that particular exam syllabus. And therefore I would ask your tutor, um, before you go and buy a calculator, just check with your tutor. Is this one going to be OK? Most of you will need a scientific calculator. 
because there are elements of formula and calculation, particularly in the management accounting stuff that Dave loves and teaches. So go and get yourself a good calculator, one that your tutor knows how to use as well as you, and make sure that's the one you stick with. You can imagine the sheer terror and stress of being told on the day of your exam, you can't take your iPhone in. You've got to use the calculator that they give you at the exam venue, which is one you haven't had chance to practice with. You don't know how to find the square root or the, the fourth root or the to the power of four button or whatever you need. Make sure you've got the equipment there. Some of the exams have particular software. I know the AAT exams, some of them use spreadsheets and Excel. Lots of the ACCA, the ICAW, the SEMA exams use their own software. All of those are available on their websites. Go and download it. Go and make sure you've got the exam software and the tools that you need before you go too far down the road of studying that unit. The second one, and I suppose it is similar, lots of the exams these days have allowed reference material. Now, Invertently, these days it will be accessed on the screen, but your folders from us or going on to the AAT or the ACCA, the ICAW, the SEMA website, they will have PDF copies of the reference material, the tax rates and tables that you are allowed, the formula sheets for management accounting that you can take in. Make sure you know about those earlier. It can reassure you before you go and learn a formula off the top of your head, if it's one that you can access in the exam, you don't need to learn the formula. You need to learn what it stands for and how to use it. But knowing what you are given and what you are not given is a really key thing, I think, at the early stages. I encourage students in the classes, tax exam, for example, to have the reference material open on their desk as well as their course notes. So every time we do something, I can remind them, don't forget if you needed to, you would have access to look up that percentage or that piece of information or that formula. David, are they things that you encourage at the early stages of your classes? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, I've been speaking to students that are due to start over the next couple of weeks, absolutely loads over the last few weeks. And the one message I've given to absolutely every single one of them is make sure you bring a calculator with you that one meets the meets needs for the exam, but also is the calculator you're going to use in your exam? Because the last thing you want to do is to be buying a brand new piece of equipment two days before the exam and then going, how does this thing work? How do I get it off fraction mode? Which is the normal question that you tend to get. So yeah, get the calculator that you're going to use and start using that from the from the word go. And you're absolutely right. Those scientific calculators um, they, they are absolutely the ones that you should be using in professional exams. And um, the other thing that I, I would just add is that with um, things like Excel, well, Excel's the one really that's being used far more frequently in professional exams. It's coming into the ACCA exams quite a lot. ICAW have been using it for quite a long time. You are expected in some exams to be able to use Excel's functionality. Um, so that means that for those of you that, that are doing things like financial management, um, you're expected to be able to use the internal rate of return functionality within Excel to do the calculations. So it is worth just getting to grips with Excel and being able to do those calculations rather than learn the stuff and then think, oh, how do I get this into a spreadsheet? Because sometimes Excel has got smart ways of doing things. It's only really kind of probably midway through ACCA, midway through ICW, that you really need to worry about it. And um, so early stage papers, 
isn't really much there at all. But when it gets a yeah, bit more advanced, that's when Excel starts to be. It, it's a massive friend to you in the exam because it saves so much time if you can use those functions. And there are certain formulae that are an absolute pig to calculate that Excel can do in a heartbeat. It saves bags of time. So absolutely right. Equipment, software, make sure you know how to use it before you go into the exam. And, and also that for AAT students, the, the level three now, there always was a separate module on spreadsheets. For anybody doing the new qualification quals 22, the spreadsheets element is now being absorbed into the management accounting assessment at level three. So even at AAT, you will be expected in that exam to use spreadsheets and a knowledge of the, the functionality of Excel. So ask your tutor if you've got any concerns about that. That's the sort of question I would be asking right at the early stages. Is there any software? Could I start practicing on that software as soon as possible, please? Is there any hints, tips, advice? It's usually a chapter or some reference points in your notes, but it might be towards the back of the chapters. And if it's something you are going to be particularly weak on, you don't really want to be confronted with that towards the back end of the course. You can bring that forward and start using it and getting to grips with it much earlier. Dave, as always, I've just looked down at the clock. We've got a minute to seven o'clock. The time flies. For those of you that are watching on the webcam live tonight, you might think Ben's doing this from the back of a car. I am. I'm actually in the back of our camper van. My eldest daughter, 13-year-old Layla, has got her first netball match for a ladies team tonight. She's played girls and school netball, but she's been picked to play for a ladies team. And they're um, starting off at seven o'clock. So as soon as we're finished, I'm in the car park parked up and I'm off to watch her play a netball match under some floodlights that they are rapidly switching on outside of the window. I can see. Um, I'm going to leave Dave to do the wrap up tonight. Over to you, mate. Thank you very much, Ben. And thanks to everyone that is here live. Um, ben and I love being here every Wednesday. So it's, it's a real treat to have people join us. And um, thank you so much for the comments that people have left. If you are listening to this on the podcast, then we really appreciate you downloading. If you do have the opportunity to, could you go to your, um, your podcast app and, and leave a review? It would be much, much appreciated. And share it with any friends or family that you think would be interested. Uh, we're always looking for topics. So Ben and I are putting together a schedule of topics for the next few weeks that, um, that we're going to be running through. But we, we really like to be responsive to, to what you actually want us to talk about so if there are any individual topics that you would like us to talk about then please feel free to drop ben or i an email you should be able to find our details on the show notes who are listening or they are in the chat box for those of you that are live here right now so feel free to drop a message just to say what it is that you'd like to cover um, but until next week thank you very much for taking the time to to spend it with us and we will see you very soon good luck with studying for everyone that is starting their studies